0: Uhuru, you're listening to the Reparations in Action podcast and FM radio show, broadcast live every Tuesday at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Black Power 96.3 FM WBPU in St. Petersburg, Florida, and now available as a podcast as well at UhuruSolidarity.podbean.com and also on Spotify and soon to be on iTunes. Reparations in Action is the weekly program of the Uhuru Solidarity Movement, the organization of white people working under the leadership of the African People's Socialist Party, organizing in the white community to build the movement for reparations to African people. My name is Jamie Simpson, your co-host, and I'm joined in the studio by my co-host and the chair of the Uhuru Solidarity Movement, Jesse Neville. Uhuru. Uhuru, Jesse, it's great to be in the studio with you today. And Likewise. we are very honored today. We have an amazing guest. I would like to introduce and salute the chairman of the African People's Socialist Party, O'Malley Echetela. Uhuru, I'm very, very happy to be here with you today. Uhuru, chairman. chairman. Great to have you on. It is an immense honor to have you in the studio with us today. And um, we, as always, want to salute you for the work that you have spearheaded in the world. The work of uniting Africa and African people under the leadership of the African working class, and for establishing a place for white people. And we want to let all people know that there is a place for you in the African liberation movement. As there's a place for you to side with the African community, to unite with reparations. And we have the honor of talking with Chairman Omalia Chatel today about many, many aspects of the current events through the lens of African internationalism. So, Chairman Omalia Chatel. You have often spoke about the role that media, the role that radio, and newsprint in particular have played in revolutions of the past, including, but not limited to, the Cuban Revolution and the Black Revolution of the 1960s. Could you speak a bit on that history, and why it is so very important to the horror movement today, as it has built its own radio station with Black Power 96.3 FM?
1: Well... It should be easy to understand why it's necessary for any revolutionary movement to really be concerned about uh, communicating uh, with the people. Radio uh, has long been one of the really important instruments that revolutionaries have used to communicate with the people and then, of course, newspapers, etc. And it's necessary because revolutions themselves uh, mean that the people who are oppressed and exploited have to uh, overturn uh, the system of oppressors and exploiters. And the oppressors and the exploiters control the media within the system. That's true in the United States. has been true every place in Cuba and uh, the various other places that we're talking about. And that means that the, the voice of the people, the true uh, sentiment of the masses of the people, and certainly of people who want to contest, make a contest, Uh, with the oppressor cannot be easily heard. It is suppressed. Uh, It is isolated, Uh, and uh, it is contained by the media that is controlled uh, by the explorers and the oppressed. So early on it became clear to us uh, in the Uhuru movement, even when we were talking about the Uhuru movement, as it manifested itself as the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, or SNCC, that we had to have a means by which we could reach the people independently. Yeah, we shouldn't have to depend on the media, uh, the newspapers, uh, the radio uh, at the time, and even uh, television as it was emerging. We shouldn't have to def- depend on these platforms to be able to speak to our people. So early on, uh, the first burning spear in fact was a mimeograph, uh, that's what it was characterized. I know. A lot of people don't know what a mimeograph is, but uh, where we actually made uh, um, uh, uh, statements and put out uh, uh, positions to the people, communicated to the people about what was happening in the communities and what was happening uh, uh, in the world Uh, on eight and a half by 11 sheets of paper that we could reproduce. Sometimes with uh, hand-cranked instruments, we could reproduce them and distribute it distribute these uh, uh, to the people. And uh, that is what we did for, for a while. And the thing about it is that uh, when I was growing up, for example, in St. Petersburg, Florida, and this was not peculiar to St. Petersburg, Florida, uh, you had the, the Times that now masquerades as some kind of uh, liberal democratic uh, institution. Uh, it was uh, an uh, all-white, lily-white uh, institution. There ain't no bones about that. And at best, uh, what it had uh, was uh, a single sheet in the newspaper that was the Negro page. And so uh, you can, and they would hire uh, an African who uh, would be responsible for that page. And uh, that page, of course, had to meet the approval of the owners of the Times, uh, which was supported, that is to say the Times, uh, by selling advertisement to other corporations like itself. So these, this newspaper, despite the fact that as we know in the United States and various other places of, of uh, liberal democracies, they claim uh, the newspaper is this honest uh, arbiter, uh, this honest institution that uh, keeps its eye, watches the, the, the rulers and keeps its eye on the rulers and defends the interests of the people. That's nonsense. They, the newspaper is a corporation just like General Motors the corporation, just like uh, uh, any of these other entities, Exxon, the corporation, and they uh, protect their own interests. So we we you know started off with a mimeograph uh, sheets of paper that we were writing. And interestingly, we had no skills as such, uh, but uh, we could distribute these things, and the people were hungry <laughs> for something. Uh, that expressed an opinion or told stories about what was happening to us that was independent of white power. And as you mentioned early on, Cuba—you um, know—from Cuba, uh, you know, the mountains in Cuba, uh, there was uh, they created radio capacity to communicate to the masses of people. This is before the revolution, uh, when uh, Robert Williams, who in 1954 uh, was uh, head of the NAACP and. Monroe, North Carolina was uh, uh, chased out of the country uh, by uh, terrorist uh, white organizations and the government. Um, uh, and he ended up having to go into exile in Cuba. And the Cubans gave him an opportunity to, to set up a radio. Radio Free Dixie is what it was called. It was one of the only few radio stations, interestingly, that spoke directed to African peoples coming from Cuba. Mm-hmm. And Robert Williams uh, uh, and his wife were Mabel were the ones who uh, produced that. Uh, that uh. so that that's you know part of what we're looking at. And virtually every revolution, uh, once it occurs, then the first time the people know about it is over the the there the radio stations, seized the communications, seizes the television stations to communicate directly to the people. So we started with uh, mimeograph, burning spear. We moved to uh, burning spear and Tabloid uh, form that uh, was a mainstay for years and years and years and something that was published and distributed throughout the world, um, everywhere. It was everywhere in the world. It was in bookstores. It was uh, uh, in the possession of uh, Africans who were members of our organization, just, just selling it on the street corners every place. Uh, and then um, we moved toward, we always wanted to have radio. Um, it gives us uh, some kinds of opportunities that are not available to through newspapers. For example, even though at one time we were producing the Brunswick Spirit twice a month, uh, but you know people had to listen, had to wait until the next edition came out. With the radio is instant- instantaneous. You can you know speak to people immediately. You can uh, provide entertainment to the people, music. You can uh, create a lively discussion, debates and what have you, you can do that on radio differently than you can do uh, with newspapers. So uh, uh, we ran into, uh, there used to be in the Tampa Bay area, St. Petersburg in particular, some African radio stations. And one uh, in particular uh, was bold enough to have me uh, have a show on that, on that uh, station. Uh, and we did that for a while, and then he sold the station, uh, so that was no longer an option. Then there was another community, they call it a community supported radio station, uh, where the people would uh, fund it through their donations. Uh, and, uh, but uh, it was controlled by, by so called white liberals, I mean, detestable uh, white liberals who had their own views about what black people should think and want and uh, were con- really upset because what we thought and wanted did not fit their definition of what we should be thinking and wanting. And so uh, they 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 got somebody else to replace us on the show, kicked me off, brought somebody else in so that they couldn't be accused of it being something against black people, it was just against certain ideas that black people had and so they put someone with uh, uh, ideas that they wanted. Then, and increasingly, we're seeing that we have to speak uh, to the people. We have to have another instrument to communicate. We created Breading Sphere uh, Radio. We had a radio show, uh, Uhura Radio. Uh, it was a, a online uh, radio show, and that was I thought that went pretty well. And that was successful. Uh, and then we had an opportunity uh, to help uh, some people who were really interested in doing radio with the. Same ideas that we have more or less about uh, uh, expressing uh, views of our people that would uh, counter uh, the prevailing views uh, from the people who control, from the institutions and, and, and people who control the society and uh, we supported the effort to build uh, Black Power 96.3 uh, and, uh, and, and here we are today having this discussion uh, as a consequence of that and I think it was an absolute correct thing to do. Uh, It's opened up all kinds of doors for the people to, that is to say the radio station, uh, uh, to express uh, their own opinions uh, uh, that don't have to conform to uh, the notion of a colonizer of what we should think and how we should think and when we should think it, et cetera. So um, here we are with you today on Black Power 96. as a consequence of that, and that's the basis of how mm-hmm. how we got here. Fantastic. You're listening to Chairman Omalia
0: Shetella on reparations in action here on Black Power 96.3 FMWBPU St. Petersburg. Really appreciate that response, Chairman Omalia Shatella of the African People's Socialist Party. And we want to uh, just inform our listeners that this is the second part of a two-week fundraising pitch, fundraising drive, forgive me. And um, the station of Black Power 96 is at 49% to the station's $6,000 goal for February, and the goal for reparations in action is $235 left to reach the uh, total goal of $500. Um, we're going to go ahead and make that goal $250 for today because we know that people want to support the kind of independent voice for the African community that Chairman Amalia Shatella just described. So if that is something that is important to you as well, we encourage you to go to blackpower96.org donate, that's blackpower96.org donate, or call 1-888-979-2796 and make a generous pledge to this genuine community radio station uh, by the black community for the black community today. And with uh-huh. that, over Jesse. Uhuru, yeah, I just want
2: to appreciate this interview so much and appreciate Chairman Amali Chatella for being here and um, you know just make a, a strong call to everyone who's listening like let's get it over the 50% mark for this fund drive for Black Power 96. So people can go to blackpower96.org slash donate or call 1-888-979-2796. So I appreciate um you know your whole summation chairman of the significance of Black Power 96 and the ability for the African working class to have its own radio station where it's not going to be censored or silenced like what happened at these other white liberal institutions that you describe. and that brings us to another question but
1: you know i wanted yes. to say that part of what it is that we're about and i think one of the reasons that uh, people do support this radio station is uh it's not just about entertainment mm-hmm. um it's not not even just about only about um uh putting forth ideas, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in the abstraction. It is also about uh, creating uh, independent uh, instruments that uh, contribute to a certain kind of infrastructure for self-government. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's really important that, that we are talking about that, and uh, it, it has the potential for uh, becoming an instrument for uh, a certain kind of economic development in the community. You have to really uh, understand some things about the conditions in the African community to recognize the significance of a radio station being there. And even the limited amount of resources that we're calling, it's, it's mm-hmm. penny andy, the right. stuff we're asking people to contribute yeah. to. But in a community that's a virtual desert, mm-hmm. when it comes to any kind of resources, where there's not even uh, supermarket or grocery store owned by the people where well, there's not a dry cleaners that owned by the people and well, none of these things are then this radio station is just an extraordinarily uh, significant institution yes for information sharing information and uh, providing people uh, with an understanding of the reality that we're confronted with but also it recognizes that what we are up against uh, is uh, uh, institutional control over the lives of African people, every, virtually every aspect of it, and that's recognized as colonialism in mm-hmm. uh, various places. There are people who, who would not necessarily come to this conclusion. There are people who are really good people who fight all the time against racism and stuff like that, who, you know, support Barack Obama, etc., fighting against racism, etc., but that doesn't help the people, the community. It, it might help people feel better about themselves and their neighbors and people who they have a relationship with, but doesn't do anything to change the conditions, the actual conditions are on the ground. And, uh, you know, so this is, this is what this radio station does. It's a physical material manifestation of uh, self-determination, of uh, anti-colonial effort by people to take control of their own resources. This is not an alternative media. This is a contending media. This is a media uh, that is dedicated to the principles of self-determination, just like when you look at the regular, uh, what they call corporate media uh, in this in this country. It doesn't matter if it's a so-called Fox no. or if it's uh, CNN or what have you. One might be considered liberal and the other conservative. It doesn't matter because the liberal and the conservative support the colonial domination of African people. They, they might say it differently, they might um, be opposed to each other in terms of how uh, the other carries out its program, but the, the, there is no doubt about the intent of both the liberals and the colonial forces, the conservative forces to maintain the relationship that African people have uh, to this government and so and to this country. So. When we're talking and, and to people and we're, we're making the pitch to support Black Power 96, we're asking people to take sides. You know, it's not just you, want, you like good radio or you might like the ideas. We're asking people to take sides, to take sides uh, with this effort uh, that contru- contributes to, uh, to self-determination, uh, contributes to uh, economic development, uh, contributes to the construction or the development of uh, some of the uh, instruments, infrastructure uh, for self government. That's absolutely necessary if people are going to have a future that they control. So I just wanted to Uh-oh. contribute that to this. Thank you, Uh-oh. Chairman. That was really powerful. Yeah.
2: I completely unite. And um, the call, we have to take a side. Right. And, mm-hmm. I, and I want to thank Sandy in Seattle, who heard you and who is taking a side. She put in $20 towards the goal today for the fund drive. So, we're, 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 Sandy. We're we're really. in.
1: So, Chairman, um, we'd like to talk about. Sandy this, played an important role. And, oh, yes. and, and acquiring this this station and mm-hmm. and other stuff we've done in the area of communication, and she's been a really important um, force uh, in our movement overall for a long time. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much, Comrade Sandy, and somebody else ought to do at least as much as, mm-hmm. as you've just done. Yes. Uhuru. Yeah, I believe Sandy was yeah. a, a reporter
2: for an institution, another radio institution when she met the movement. Yes, she was. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. came into the movement. Um, through a struggle that, that went down. Was that in Oakland? That was in Oakland, yeah. yeah she
1: came into the movement by going to jail. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: for real. All right, so salute Sandy, and, and anybody else who's listening, be like Sandy and put in your contribution today. We have, we have $215 left to raise. Right on. So, um, Sharon, let's talk about San Diego State, if we, if we can. Sure. Um, so this is a situation, a lot of people have been seeing this on social media, and it, even in the bourgeois media, um, that the uh, university administration and san diego state university along with zionist organizations on campus um, got involved in a reparations conference being organized by a group of african students and uh, intimidated the students into disinviting you uh, as well as Ava muhammad of the nation of islam from speaking at this uh, reparations conference on the slanderous grounds of being quote-unquote anti-semitic look can we talk about what happened with this whole situation in San Diego, and what has been the Uhuru Movement's response to this attack?
1: Well, uh, it's interesting because, uh, as you mentioned, the students uh, were giving uh, money. From our perspective, it was a lot of money Mm -hmm. compared to what you usually see students receiving to do something around uh, issues important to African people. And the real issue that's sort of trending uh, today is the reparations question. Mm -hmm and the students wanted to do a reparations conference. And I was among the people who they talked about inviting to this conference. And so was Ava Mohammed, who is a national spokesperson for uh, the Nation of Islam, or Minister Louis Farrakhan, who heads the Nation of Islam. And uh, it was a logical uh, call uh, that certainly for me, uh, because the African People's Socialist Party, under my leadership, uh, built uh, the first uh, reparations tribunal uh, for African people uh, in history in 1982. We built uh, the first process through which there was an actual quantification of how much value would be owed to African people in this country uh, just uh, for, for labor, stolen labor alone. We built the first uh, organization, mass organization for reparations uh, in the history of this country and the world so it would make sense that they would invite me uh, to be there. They also invited, uh, as I mentioned, Ibn Mohammed and, and a host of other people, uh, some of whom um, I'm not that familiar with. Uh, and when, they, when the, they were moving forward with this, uh, then there, there was this protest, uh, initially I understand by some professor, Mm-hmm. Uh, who uh, appears to be a Zionist, uh, and then some uh, Jewish student organizations on the campus. Uh, and they claim that I uh, and Eva Muhammad and the Nation of Islam have made uh, anti Semitic statements in the past. And they're very hurtful. And um, because of this, um, no student money should be used to have me come and speak, and even Muhammad come and speak. And uh, it, it was, and so uh, the university president uh, and others united with this position that we shouldn't come because they didn't want to hurt the, the feelings of they were want to be really cons- considerate of the, the feelings of, of of Jewish students and and uh, you know etc. So they said decided. Uh, the they, the students then decided to disinvite me and uh, Abel Muhammad from participation, and uh, it's un- unacceptable. Uh, we didn't have to be invited. I didn't have to be invited to the to, <laughs> to the University of of, uh, of uh, San Diego, San Diego State University. I mean, I've been doing reparations. University just just discovered mm-hmm. reparations in 2000. 20 right uh, but we've been doing the reparations work now since uh, uh as i mentioned uh at least uh, uh 1982. so mm-hmm. they didn't have to invite me but when they did invite me and then disinvited me uh, declaring that they were doing so because of some anti-semitic statement i am supposed to have made that was totally unacceptable it was unacceptable for this university uh to declare who uh, what african can or cannot mm-hmm. Uh, get together with other African people to talk about our oppression, our, uh, uh, the, 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 the reparations issue. And the truth of the matter is Jews were given reparations, but Africans have never been given reparations, one. And two, that uh, the, the, uh, the so-called Holocaust uh, did not, uh, against Jews did not happen in this country. But if you want to look for a Holocaust, you could find one, uh, what happened to Africans, what happened to so-called Indians, what happened to so-called Mexicans, all of whom are uh, factors in this discussion that we're having now, particularly since you look at where San Diego State is, the border uh, that, that barely separates uh, uh, one side of Mexico from the other. When I say two sides, I'm talking about the reality that, that half of Mexico was stolen by the United States government at gunpoint, that included California uh, and several other other states, and then you're talking about an area uh, highly populated by indigenous people who were killed, you know, murdered. You're talking about genocide, Holocaust. It was the Africans, it was the Mexicans, so-called Mexicans and so-called so-called Indians in this country who still in this country live in the concentration camps. That, that Germany uh, became renowned for, uh, except they call Indian reservations in this country or they call housing projects and prisons uh, in this country where Africans and other people are located. So we say it's totally unacceptable. They can't, can't do that. And uh, so we initiated uh, a, a process through which we said we're going to uh, call uh, the attention of the people and call on the people uh, to unite with us in opposition to what San Diego State uh, has just done. And uh, that we are going to boycott. We're calling for a boycott of the event that the San Diego State uh, Union is going to have, uh, and then we will go to San Diego uh, and have our own event uh, around the question of reparations. The challenge is this: uh, this uh, uh, colonizer-supported uh, uh, reparations event, and uh, to, at the recognizing how it might cause offense. To some, but it's similar to it's like the colonizer uh, now establishing what is legitimate uh, 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 in terms of who can speak uh, in the interest of the colonized. Does do the does the colonizer speak for the colonized, or do the colonized speak for ourselves? And when I say speak for ourselves, I mean without intimidation by the colonizer, without the possibility of punitive actions if you, if 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 what the colonizer wants to occur uh, uh, being uh, something hanging over the heads of the people who are trying to organize this thing. So, it's all unacceptable. So we, we intend to do that and, and fight against that. Uh, uh, and we intend to... We have uh, entirely different views on most issues than the nation of Islam. Mm-hmm. But we support the right of the Nation of Islam to be in that discussion, and we will organize our own event in San Diego and uh, invite participation by Ava Muhammad uh, in that event as well because it's up to us as African people to make this discussion. If we got struggles with each other, we make these struggles among ourselves, uh, and the university is not to be a party of determining who can speak for black people. So that's, that's our view on that. Thank you, Chairman. While tell that's an incredibly principled
0: stance to an outrage from the uh, university there at San Diego. See, reparations is happening. You know that. I mean, yes. I'm sitting
1: in a room now uh, with people who participate in reparations. It's not an idea for us. We've been doing reparation work now uh, for decades. And uh, we've created, <coughs> we are receiving reparations for African people uh, right now through uh, the instruments that <coughs> that we've created, the uh, African People's Solidarity Committee, the Uhuru Solidarity Movement, the basic work revolves around reparations. And so, so this is not some kind of uh, purely academic, abstract discussion for us. Uh, it is about how you know, we continue this and also we see reparations <clears throat> as something that negates the economic authority and power of the colonizer of the United States over black people. And we're asking people to unite with us in acquiring capacity to be a self-determining people ourselves without the interference by the United States. Secondly, I think it's really important to say, we talk about how the Jews got reparations, but even that was a scam. And the reason I say it was a scam is the same government. Here they're talking about black people. Black people have played no role at all in the Holocaust that killed Jews. Arabs played no role at all in the Holocaust that killed Jews. It was the same white government and white people that enslaved African people, took Mexico from the Mexican people, and that's oppressing the Arabs in the Middle East today that are responsible for what happened to the Jews. But even that, when you look at what happened to Jews uh, uh, in terms of uh, of the Holocaust, uh, we are talking about the United States government and other imperialist powers needed to give that money to the folk who stole that land from the, uh, from the Palestinian people. They needed that because it was a means by which they captured uh, 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 important oil rich, petroleum rich uh, territory or, or, or they put a, a force uh, that could become their a military outpost. Uh, that can contribute to controlling uh, that oil-rich, uh, petroleum-rich territory. And so how do you do that? Uh, you do that by ext- ex- uh, by extracting value, wealth, richness from, from the traditional custodians of that land, that territory, <clears throat> and then placing it in the hands of folk who have no history there, who are recent uh, uh, people who have come to there, who uh, a- actually res- resurrected, uh, 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 a language, a dead language and what have you to give themselves the parents of this kind of identity and ownership of, of this territory and this land. They needed to pump the money in there uh, and they can hold up this shining example that they call it democracy. Mm-hmm. They call this the only democracy in the Middle East. Then right. How did they take this land? I mean, they mm-hmm. bombed the mosque, they killed people, chased them out of the territory. And then now they claim, well, most of the, the Palestinians live in Jordan anyway. you will take Jordan. No, the question is, if you're going to repair the damage that was done to Jews in terms of land, <clears throat> then give them Frankfurt, Germany, uh, or give them Berlin, Germany, or something. To that because that's who did that to, uh, to the Jews. Mm-hmm. Not the Palestinians, not the Arabs, not the Africans. And so the, this ridiculous thing that somehow the Nation of Islam and the African people's socialist party and the Hulu movement... Uh, bear the burden for, uh, uh, for fixing what the, the imperialist powers who killed and raped and maimed us, enslaved us, uh, have done, is ridiculous. And that needs to be exposed. Now, I want to talk about it. So, yeah. in many ways, the university has helped us by bringing this thing to the surface because that myth must be destroyed, and we have to destroy this whole notion that you can't say anything about this illegitimate state of Israel uh, uh, without being punished for it, that somehow you're going to be punished if you criticize, because you're some kind of anti-Semite, that like you're mm-hmm. responsible for putting Jews uh, in gas ovens, which is nonsense. And the same people who are supporting them, they, you know, you've got this whole conservative evangelical movement. Some of the best friends the state of Israel mm-hmm. uh, have uh, has is right here uh, among the, these evangelicals and, and evangelicals, uh, uh, who hate Africans and preach it and uh, preach hatred against the Mexican, uh, but then they found some mysterious thing in the Bible that justifies uh, something, because it means the end of time when when Israel arises or something to that effect. Yeah. yeah. Indeed. Yeah.
0: It, it's it's yeah. quite a topic. Yes, and, and, and yes. I, yeah. I remember when I first uh, met this organization, yes. when I first heard you speak, Chairman O'Malley Eschatel, you were... Uh, speaking about a, a lot of things, mm-hmm. but this was sort of the crux of it, was the contradiction around the Jewish Holocaust, yeah. the reparations being paid to white Jewish people. Well, nothing has yeah, been yeah. paid to African people in the US. Nothing mm-hmm. has been paid to the African people of Haiti. Nothing has been paid to the African people of Namibia, where genocide was carried out by the Germans. Yes, with Direct, the, from yeah, the German Jews. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So th- this, this question now, we, we are at a really interesting period in history where we see reparations being taken on in a much more serious way by the ruling class than it ever has before. So let's let's get right down into this. I know mean, we discussed it a little bit, but let's discuss the name of our show. And we just is, have been discussing it, by yeah, the way, but go yeah. ahead. Yes, okay. if I say yes one please. please. Um, I just really
2: want to appreciate what Chairman said, and um, you did a great video on Facebook as well. I want to encourage people to check out uh, Chairman Amalia Facebook page. Um, put out a statement about San Diego, mm-hmm. and also um, Penny Hess from the African People's Solidarity mm-hmm. P- uh, Committee, and also Mwambi from mm-hmm. If You go on each of those Facebook pages, you can find statements about this, and just to say from the Uhuru Solidarity Movement that mm-hmm. we absolutely unite, mm-hmm. and we defend Chairman Amali Shatella and the African community from these attacks, and, you know, take really seriously these, these slanderous attacks. It's not even just slander, it's mm-hmm. um, it's almost like criminalization, and, and uh, just a real serious assault that's being made against the uhuru movement against the struggle for reparations um under the guise of wanting to protect the feelings of the jewish students and everything so um we we have members in san diego that we're calling on to you know be involved in in building these campaigns and building the reparations conference that impetam is talking about holding and also that to defend chairman amalia Shatella and to defend the work of the uhuru movement, is to pay reparations Mm -hmm. to the work of the crew movement to the as the chairman said earlier, as you said chairman, the building those independent instruments for the infrastructure of of African self-government. And that means Black Power ninety six. Like that is something concrete that we can do. If we're disgusted by what's happening at San Diego State University, you can contribute to the Black Power ninety six fund drive and and make it like because this radio station is never going to be shut down or silenced by Uh, Zionists or anybody else this is controlled by the African working class so I just think as white people in the of reparations we have to support this we have to to donate Um, and I want to encourage people listening to to do so you know to get us to our goal we want to raise 215 more dollars you can donate at blackpower96.org slash donate or call 1-888-979-2796 we want to thank you on the air the people who have donated, we want to thank Sandy, who donated earlier, as well as people who have contributed to our show last week, Sean Neville in Miami, that's actually my brother, shout out to my brother, he donated, APSD Chairwoman Penny Hess, uh, myself, Jamie Simpson, Virginia in Louisville, Kentucky, Kristen in Spokane, Washington, Lisa in Minneapolis, uh, Stefan in Portland, um, who also became a sustaining member of Black Power 96, uh, DJ Eddie, who was our special guest last week, he contributed as well as Deputy Chair and uh, APEDF President, Ona Zaneya Shetala. So we want to thank everybody who has contributed and encourage people who haven't to go ahead and do so. BlackPower96.org donate or call 1-888-979-2796.
0: Uh, yes, and that number again is 1-888-979-2796. And we also want to recognize members of the Solidarity Movement who are sustaining members of Black Power 96 and encourage you to do likewise. We want to salute Kitty in St. Louis. Uhuru to Kitty Riley. Uh, Stephanie out in Oakland, California. Allie here in St. Petersburg. Sandra in Seattle, also known as Sandy. Mm-hmm. And Raya in St. Louis. Uhuru to Raya. Mads in Portland, Sam in Ohio, and John in Illinois. Uhuru to all of you, we salute your stance of reparations and supporting this independent voice for the African working class. So we're continuing to discuss uh, the question of the uh, bourgeois academia denying mm-hmm. the African community a, uh, its, its voice in its hallowed halls, even, mm-hmm. even though Chairman Amalia o- Chetel has spoken to the Oxford Union at Oxford mm-hmm. University, England, um, let's discuss the name of our show, Reparations in Action. Mm-hmm. Chairman Amalia Shatella, you are the leader, a revolutionary leader, responsible for making reparations a household word. And that is no small feat. In 1982, when you organized the first World Tribunal on Reparations to African People, which you referenced earlier, what was the state of the reparations movement at that time? So we can challenge the time warp, as you've said. And what did it take to get to this point in history today when reparations is now being mentioned by presidential candidates as part of their platforms? They are required to respond to this demand.
1: The reparations demand is a very, it's an old demand, a logically old demand, uh, given mm-hmm. what has happened with African people here and around the world and the fact that uh, uh, those who uh, have extorted and Mm-hmm. and taking so much uh, resources from Africa at the expense of our own development, uh, it makes sense that we are fighting to take it back. And, and you know, revolutions uh, are about that as well. That's part of what it is, about to take back the capacity for the people to live, control of our own lives and things like that. And, uh, but uh, when, when we uh, began, beca- became involved in the reparations uh, question, it wasn't a movement as such. I mean, there were people who were talking about reparations. Queen Mother Moore, uh, Audley Moore, as as her name, uh, who, among other things, had been with Garvey, had been a member of the Communist Party USA, had uh, but had pushed the reparations issue, you know, for a very long time and tried to get uh, groups to uh, take reparations and put it on the agenda. Uh, but when we started this work. Uh, what we saw mostly was uh, individuals who, with briefcase in hand, uh, were uh, going and trying to convince uh, Congresspersons or or people in government to uh, unite, support uh, reparations. And we saw people who um, were uh, trying to come up with uh, creative ways to take the reparations issue to courtrooms. And uh, it was very clear to us early on that uh, reparations had to be a mass issue. We have to turn it uh, 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 into something that's been discussed on every table, every morning people have to be dealing with this issue of reparations. And uh, so that's, that's what we took on. We, we tried initially to organize a unity movement between all of the forces, in the African community, who claimed to be for reparations, uh, who were what we call the anti-colonial bloc, as opposed to uh, like civil rights people, and uh, to build a single organization, we worked uh, throughout this country, held different conferences and meetings, but we were not successful in bringing that about. But uh, and the thing is, there were several reasons for that, I think. One is that most people, and most of the groups who talked about reparations, they limited the discussion of reparations to a debt owed to African people through slavery. And we said that we Africans are due reparations for what just happened three minutes ago. It's not just something that, with slavery and... Um, and again, uh, they did not. The people were not playing a primary role. So we created uh, this tribunal. We we wanted to do this with a, different groups, and we wanted to create an organization coming out of the out of the tribunal that we did that would uh, function sort of like as a coalition of 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 all of the self-determination groups who were engaged in a night, uh, front a night struggle for for reparations, but they wouldn't participate. And partially it was because our party is a party of the African working class and uh, a revolutionary organization. And though some of them claimed revolutionary credentials, uh, they could not unite with that. So, uh, And the other thing is that uh, the reparations movement was considered a lunatic fringe. (laughs) All the white liberals, all these people were talking about they love reparations today. I mean, they, when I say not necessarily the individuals, but I mean the the forces, the social forces, they considered reparations as a lunatic fringe, that there's no way in hell that you can be demanding, you know, reparations. And what the party did, of course, was to throw our bodies uh, on the grenade and really push. We built this organization. Uh, We had tribunals for something like 11 or 12 years in a row in different cities and states throughout the United States and the tribunal, the function of the tribunal, was to pull uh, Africans into this discussion and into uh, uh, an investigation of the resources stolen from Africa and from black people. This is what's been taken from it. and then give African people an opportunity to take it beyond just slavery, uh, uh, political prisoners, you know, uh, factor. And, and health care factors and the difference in the amount of uh, resources made uh, on the job uh, between Africans and white people factor into value. I mean, this is incredible, and even the difference in the lifespan of African people and white people, that's debt too. And I say it's debt because, what do they call it, actuaries that insurance companies do to uh, actually quantify the value of years of life and stuff. Right. So. Uh, so, I mean, all of these things, we're old, and, and we believe that you've got to have a movement of African people taking the African population off of the defensive, of being accused, accused all the time of living off the welfare of white people and off the welfare of the government, and showing there's white people and the government who lived off the welfare of African people, and then recreating an initiative uh, for our movement, put it on the offensive as opposed to defense, And that's partially what it is that we were taking on. And then, of course, uh, we built the African National Reparations Organization and still could not win. I mean, they, the people who were nationalists, uh, anti-colonialists uh, in name, they would come out and, and, and testify at the tribunal, but they would never be a part of it until 1989. In 1989, Ronald Wilson Reagan, no friend of black people at all, hmm. uh, uh, gave a pittance that he called reparations to Japanese, who were locked up, their, their descendants who were locked up uh, uh, in concentration camps by the United States government, their property was stolen from them uh, during the, uh, the Second Imperialist World War. And when that happened and they got reparations, then all the groups who couldn't do it with us. They jumped and came together and pulled together a a meeting where they were going to create a reparations coalition that they invited us to participate in. I mean, they couldn't do it up until then, but the United States government made believers of them, and the same United States government made believers of many of them with Obama's election, and they became, for a while, their nationalism got lost there, and their belief system was, like, pretty thin, and so... uh, they could be for the United States government uh, as long as Obama was president. Uh, they could be for uh, reparations now. They could do something because Reagan uh, had given them permission when he gave the Japanese his pittance that they call uh, reparations. This is, this is how it was uh, for a long period of time. And now reparations is trending. Uh, we did succeed yeah. in making uh, it happen and putting it out in the world. And uh, I'm, I'm seeing now, you know, you have, uh, it's so significant uh, that, that there's an effort being made to control what it looks like, what the discussion is, the narrative. That's what uh, Elizabeth Warren's presidency is about and her support of reparations. That's what these presidential candidates are doing to get in front of this issue that they know is important to African people. And you got to remember, when we talk about presidential candidates, I don't care who they are, yeah. uh, they are sectors of the bourgeoisie. They represent sectors of the bourgeoisie. Uh, and, and, and so uh, they are now trying to control, gain control of this issue that was called a lunatic French when we first got involved in it. And that's what uh, San Diego State University is doing, is trying to determine what this discussion is going to look like, who's going to deal with this uh, discussion, and to make sure that it doesn't uh, 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 offer up any suggestions of a change or challenge to the status quo. Uh, so that's more or less how we recognize what's been happening with this question, and this thing with San Diego State, it's an insult, mm-hmm. and uh, all of us should be opposed to it, and like I said, we're not, we don't have a position on reparation in theory. Right. You know, we've done it, and we've created organizations around it, we've created institutions from it, and uh, as I said, the presence of your comrades here in this room... Uh, is a clear manifestation of the success of the work that the African People's Socialist Party has done around the question of reparations. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. and there are a lot more of you than this and they, <laughs> yes, yes, they, are, and they
2: are listening yeah. and they are also uh, manifesting reparations um, as the chairman said in the form of contributing towards our fund drive um, we want to shout out Maureen Wagner in Oakland who put in $50 Maureen, uh-huh. and uh-huh. 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 uh-huh, Janice Camp right here in St. Petersburg Florida put in $25 All Right. uhuru uh-huh. uh-huh, Janice and Maureen thank you for bringing us to a total of having raised 360 from our show over the last two weeks. So we got 140 more to go. And we are very honored to have uh, Chairman Amalia Shatella here with us in the studio. This has been an amazing discussion uh, so far. And Chairman, you just mentioned Elizabeth Warren um, and the presidential election going on right now. I'm wondering if we could talk a little bit about that. Um, And in particular, Bernie Sanders, who is a self-described democratic socialist who is now being regarded as the front-runner in the Democratic primary. He just won the Nevada caucus by a landslide, pretty much. What are your thoughts on on this presidential election and, and on the fact that someone who described himself as, as a socialist
1: is now considered the front-runner in the Democratic race? Well, I think that uh, this entire uh, election season, the election uh, represents uh, states so clearly the crisis that this whole rotten social system is in. I mean, you were talking about uh, Saunders' uh, claim, you know, self-proclamation uh, of being mm. a socialist, and then you have uh, the president's self-proclamation of being a nationalist. Right. So you've got a white nationalist over here. I mean, that's a, that's a statement of crisis. I mean, you see, what a, you know, they talk about extremes, but here you've got this guy, a talk show radio host, but look at what's been happening with the presidential elections over a period of time. You know, you had a, 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 this, um, this uh, B-rated actor, mm-hmm. the most beloved president, uh, on his white horse, you know, making America great again, yeah. you know, uh, who is even beloved by Barack Hussein Obama. Mm-hmm. So you got this B-rated uh, white guy, uh, some people suspected uh, suffering from dementia, certainly mm-hmm. by the time he was out of there. Yep. Uh, and then you get uh, uh, a person who's, uh, you know, they call him Slick Willie, you know, when he was uh, governor of Arkansas, when he was an Arkansas politician. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have uh, George W. Bush, who uh, whose uh, intellect, you know, was often suggested to... Be the equivalent of a brick, and uh, then you had, uh, you know, you know. Think about this: you had Barack Hussein Obama. I mean, all of this reflected a real serious crisis of this whole social system, Uh and and uh, and now you got Trump, you know, uh, who is the Reagan of his time, except he's a lot less eloquent, you know, uh, and and and. so that's a real statement of crisis who mm-hmm. proclaims himself as a white nationalist. While the others did not make the proclamation, uh, he's done that. And now you have uh, this election. And you've got an election where people are talking about uh, uh, reparations. Mm-hmm. Never thought you'd see that again. And, be, and then you see uh, not only about the people who are running, but you see discussions of reparations happening in some of the uh, you know, bourgeois journals, you know, they're talking, discussing reparations to African people. I think there's even Forbes, a uh, bourgeois journal, talking about reparations. Uh, and uh, now we have a situation where uh, there's this discussion about socialism. And why would they be talking about socialism, except that the whole capitalist system is in such, facing, so, so discredited? You know, what it's doing to people's lives uh, here and around the world, uh, uh, the unending wars that it's responsible for, the destruction of the environment, uh, it's, and everything that we see tacky that's happening in the world, it's capitalism that's responsible for that. And so uh, most people or many people know uh, that the alternative to capitalism is socialism. Capitalism is a social system uh where a minority who does does no work own owns and control uh, uh that which is produced by the majority who, who will do all of the work, uh and it's a foul social system. So people are increasingly coming to understand this. And anything, as Malcolm X used to say, sounds better than hell. And capitalism clearly has brought hell uh, to people. And uh so uh Socialism is an alternative. So you have uh, Bernie Sanders, but not just Bernie Sanders. There are others who come out right up front, declare themselves to be socialists, who are engaged uh, in the electoral process today, and successfully, some of them, uh, and others who don't call themselves socialists, but who are taking on some of the same principles and stances and platforms as the socialists uh, is taking on. uh, and and so part of what is happening is that uh, a sector of the bourgeoisie uh, is getting out in front of the question and to define what socialism is and to take it on. I mean, these are far-seeing people. Bernie Sanders is a, is a pretty far-seeing guy. When I say he's far-seeing, I don't know what his IQ is or anything like that, but he can see uh, uh, further ahead, further enough ahead to recognize that... Uh, uh, that to solution a lot of these problems that will mobilize people cannot be found within the system as it exists today. But he, and the reason I say he's far-seeing, he's a far-seeing capitalist, he's a far-seeing force that's in the defense of capitalism by another name that he calls socialism. And he's dressed it up with such things as uh, universal health care and how they're going to get paid for, you know, uh, he's dressing up with uh, you know, free education, uh, uh, fifteen dollars an hour uh, after a number of years, that kind of stuff. But the reason I say that he's capitalist because you cannot have socialism in the same space as capitalism. Socialism comes into existence as a consequence of the defeat of capitalism. And the biggest question confronting the whole world, and certainly the United States, and it terms, comes to uh, the redistribution of wealth, that is to say the working people uh, are in this ongoing contest all the time to acquire the value of their labor uh, as, uh, from the ruling class, the bourgeoisie uh, that controls it, uh, uh, and that's African people. I mean the critical question of labor uh, in this country Uh, And much of the world is African people. And how can you be for socialism, Bernie, on the one hand, and be against reparations on the other hand? You can't do that. It doesn't go like that. It can't possibly go like that. And so the reason we say that uh, 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 Bernie Sanders is a far-seeing capitalist, that uh, the struggle he's involved in is to rescue capitalism. But the problem is that he can't rescue capitalism in his own name. So he has to rescue capitalism in the name of socialism. And when he jumps on the socialist platform, he's jumped on our platform. And so uh, I think it's uh, really important. uh, uh, Sanders' appearance in this election and all the people now have to deal with the question of socialism, uh, et cetera. We can interpret it, but it's now clearly part of a mainstream discussion. And all of the trumpets and all of the bourgeois media are going to make sure, moving now, Starting after the Nevada victory uh, by Sanders, you're going to hear socialism, 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 Mm -hmm. and an assault on socialism. That is to say, socialism now is part of the discussion, mainstream discussion, just like reparations. And just like uh, uh, Elizabeth Warren is not going to be the one who brings reparations, Bernard Sanders is not going to bring socialism. But the discussion on reparations and socialism opens the door for genuine revolutionaries, for genuine socialists, and those of us who really uh, will make uh, reparations happen in the world. Uhuru. Yeah. Uh-huh. A reminder, when you're listening
0: to Reparations in Action, we have the honor of speaking with Chairman Omali Eschatela of the African People's Socialist Party. I want to thank Lisa in Minneapolis, who donated $50 to our uh, fundraising oh, oh. goal today, of, yeah, yeah. Of Black Power 96.3, and encourage anyone else who's listening to go ahead and do likewise. Contribute. So $90 left to raise. $90 left to raise oh, of our $500 goal and you can go to blackpower96.org slash donate or call one 979 2796 That's 979-2796-888. Chairman Amalia Shetela, in the few minutes that we have left, uh, you once wrote a book called The Road to Socialism is Painted Black. Mm-hmm. Could you expound on that? I just
1: inferred something about that uh, a minute ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, the social system that we live in called capitalism Uh, was founded off slavery and colonialism. And anyone who genuinely is interested in getting rid of socialism, uh, capitalism rather, Mm -hmm. this is a trap for Bernie. And the rest of these uh, so-called socialists recognize that, as Karl Marx said, that the, uh, the, the, the capitalist system itself rests upon the pedestal of the enslavement of African people. And so we say if that's the case, then you've got to kick the pedestal out, which is to kick the foundation out from under-capitalism, which is African colonialism and the colonization of the vast majority of the world. We say the road to socialism is painted black, which is why scientists can't join it, which is why most of the people who call themselves socialists cannot get on this road, which is why the African Solidarity Committee and USM have got on this role because we're looking at genuine socialists and people who are genuinely involved in the struggle for real reparations. Uhuru. Uhuru. uhuru, Chairman Amalia Shetela,
0: thank you so much. And all we need is $90. Yes. <laughs> all we need is $90. That's right. And I, I would ask if there's anything else that you'd like to say, but um, just uh, this, with the stipulation that we have two minutes left.
1: Well, I'm just <laughs> really happy to be here. And again, I think that what we've always said is that African internationalism, our theory, our philosophy, is a theory of practice. We are practical revolutionaries, and your presence here makes that manifest, and our position on reparation is made manifest by the practice we're involved in, your existence, the tribunals that we've done, uh, the history of building reparations organizations, and now we want everybody who's listening to us to um, do this thing of uniting the theory with the practice uh, by making that $9 happen in the next minute or so that we have left. Uhuru. Uhuru. Thank Uhuru. you so much, Uhuru. comrades. Thank you. Thank chairman. all of you listeners and viewers uh, for being with us. Uhuru. Yes, indeed. I, I want to unite with that.
0: Uh, thank you to everyone who's listened. Thank you, Chairman Amalia Shatella, for being on the program today. I want to salute Amanda Carlosi, our stellar engineer. Indeed. I want to thank uh, my co-host, Jesse Neville, Chair Uhuru. of the Uhuru Solidarity Movement. I also want to give a shout-out to our leadership in the African People's Solidarity Committee, Chairwoman Penny Hess, Uhuru. who will be rejoining Uhuru. us next week. Yes. Uhuru. And uh, Jesse, any uh, final comments? This was a great show.
2: I really appreciate you, Chairman, for being Uh here and for your leadership. This is incredible. And to all of our listeners, um, we will be back next week, Mm -hmm. Tuesday, noon, uh, Eastern Standard Time. So um, go ahead and put in that last 90. I'm going to put in 20 towards it. So that brings us to 70 left to go to meet our goal. We want to bring in these resources. We want to support this incredible radio station, Black Power 96.3, that we have the honor to host this program on. So
0: uh uhuru. Thank you so much for tuning in. This has been Reparations in Action here on Black Power 96.3 WBPU-FM in St. Petersburg. We will talk to you next week.